I'm glad he paid a debt he did not owe, aren't you? What a wonderful Christ. Lord, now we come to the point in this message and this sermon and this preaching event when we open your word and God, we just expect you to touch our hearts today through the message of the word. Your word tells us that your word's a lamp to our feet, light to our path. We ask you, God, to enlighten our hearts. Touch us, O Lord, and draw us closer to your side through what your word has to say and the spirit has to say to the church. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. The 19th Psalm is one of the most powerful. C.S. Lewis called it the best assemblage of lyrics in the history of the world. Who am I to argue with C.S. Lewis? Wow. In its verses and its lyrics, it talks about the mightiness of God. In fact, the first verse talks about the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. How is it that the word of God is preached by stars and clouds and the moon and the planets, that the heavens declare the glory of God. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. Wow. There is no speech, no language, where their voice is not heard. How many of you have heard that great hymn, Give the Wind a Mighty Voice? Jesus saves, Jesus saves. The wind speaks. The earth is also participating in the glory of God. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as, as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You mean our whole heart can be changed by simply listening to the Word of God? You mean our spirit man can be converted simply because the glory of the Lord is manifested through the Word of God? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. You mean it's more important for me this morning to listen to the Word of God than to be somewhere making money? Sorry, that just slipped out. You mean it's more valuable? I'm just quoting the psalm. It's more valuable, it's more precious than fine gold. Well, wow, what an opportunity we are blessed to have this morning. Amen. To experience something that is more valuable and more precious than gold, yea, than fine gold, sweeter also than honey. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me, O Lord, from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. What is presumptuous sins? And what is he praying to keep us uh, away from those uh, errors and those secret faults? It is habitual, continual sin is what it is. It's when we just can't stop doing something we know that we shouldn't be doing. It's when we just give in to something that seems to have a sway over us and we just can't seem to get the better of it. And he prays and he says, for the Lord to cleanse thou me from secret faults and keep back thy servant also from those habitual reoccurring sins and let them not have dominion over me. And then shall I be upright 
and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. And then he says, let the words of my mouth and let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my strength and my redeemer. Hey, God's word works. I said God's word works. It works in every situation. It works in every season. It works at every time, in every location. Wherever you are, God's word works. God's word is applicable no matter what your situation or your circumstance. You can find answers in the word of God. God's word is the manual by which we live our lives. And you know, when we preach the word of God, something great happens. There's only one guarantee that we can rest assured of concerning the word of God. God said, my word, my word will not return unto me void. But it will accomplish the purpose whereunto I have sent it. That is one guarantee the church has that every person who preaches the gospel has is to know that the word of God will not fail. That the word of God will not be overwhelmed nor succumb to any power that would impede it accomplishing the purpose. God said every time it's preached, every time it's sung, every time it's quoted, it will do the job. It will accomplish the intended will of God and the purpose of God for that event. Can you say thank the Lord for that? Amen. Every time you read it, you'll get something out of it that will bless you. Every time it's quoted in your presence, there'll be something uplifting about what you hear. Every time that you listen to a, a proclaimer of the Word of God, then you must understand there's a message there for me. There's something life-giving about that. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. They are life. God wants us to know that there's life in the Word of God. The Bible said it's quick. The Word of God is quick. You know what that may, quick means? To give life. When he talked about our being in sin, he said we were dead in sin. But when he quickened us, thank God we were made alive and raised up together with Christ. Amen. And made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There is something about the Word of God that quickens us. There is something about the power of the preached anointed word that brings life to dead things in us and makes us know that God is a giver of life. He can birth in us a vision. He can birth in us a purpose. He can birth in us a promise given and instill faith to believe that God will do what his word says he will do. Well, give God some praise in this house. In Romans 10, 17, the Bible said, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Bible also tells us that without faith in the Hebrew correspondence, that it is impossible for us to please God. It is impossible to please him by, without faith, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, that means we just can't do without the word of God. That means that we can't do without the faith instilling, faith birthing, Praise God. Word of the God that we love and serve. It's able to give us life and give us strength and give us energy. So the preaching event on Sunday morning is not just a ritual or something we do to take up time. It's something that every one of us in this house can benefit from because it has all kinds of potential. All kinds of potential to change things in our lives. Changes things. You know, sometimes God preaches sermons. I preached last Wednesday night in the Bible study that the greatest sermons that I ever preached in my life was not with words. Wow, it got silent all of a sudden. That's what sermons are sometimes. Sometimes sermons are silent. Sometimes God does some great preaching and no words are ever spoken. Sometimes God uses inanimate objects to preach great sermons and great messages. 
The Bible said the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Sometimes I've never heard the wind speak English. I've never heard thunder sound like Spanish or French or Italian. No, it's not a, a language. It's a, it's a silence sometimes that inanimate objects uh, speak. And sometimes we learn lessons from things that don't necessarily communicate with us in words and syllables and metaphorical slogans. God does all things well and sometimes he preaches without words. The Bible tells us that God used a man named Moses. Moses said, I can't talk. God said, I want to use you. I'm going to make of you a deliverer. You are going to be the shepherd of Israel. You're going to be the pastor. You're the one that's going to be the meekest man of the earth that will be a priest and go to God for people. But he said, but God, I can't speak. I'm not eloquent of speech. I'm not good at talking to people. And the Lord said, that's not a problem. Here's a stick. A stick? Well, my God. We're talking about me shepherding people. We're talking about me being the, the leader. I've got to talk to people. God said, I'll let a stick do your talking. I'll let a staff, I'll let a rod be your preaching. I'll, I'll do things through that, that stick that will get the message through. I'll let Pharaoh know that there is a God in heaven with this stick. I'll do things with this stick that magicians will scratch their head and wonder how did that happen and what, how did God do that. I'll show my wisdom. I'll show my power. I'll show my sovereignty through this inanimate object. I'll preach some great messages through this stick. Praise God. God said, I can preach a message through anything. He can preach through a rooster. He can preach through a donkey. He can preach through all kinds of things that he may think, you may think are just silent, but God uses them to convey messages and communication is what it's all about. In 1 Corinthians 1.17, Paul, anybody know the Apostle Paul, architect of the early church, wrote over half of the New Testament. Hey, he was a great preacher. He was a great speaker. He was educated at the feet of Dr. Gamaliel, who was one of the outstanding authorities in Israel on Judaism, tradition, ritual, ceremony, and polity. He studied at the feet of the master. He was considered Hebrew of the Hebrews, Pharisee of the Pharisees, tribe of Benjamin. Concerning the law, he said, I lacked nothing. Wow. Was he a good preacher? Boy, he was he a preacher. Boy, was he a preacher. He preached on Mars Hill about a Jesus who was crucified and resurrected on the third day. And he confounded the astrologers and the Epicureans and the Stoics and the Cynics. And they all said, what will this babbler say? What will this man say? Because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. They said he bringeth certain strange things to our ears, things we've never heard before about a God who is in heaven, who created all things, who made the earth, the moon, and the stars, and the sun, who put all things in order, who brought about a Christ who came to the world and died a sacrificial death, died a vicarious substitutionary death, lived an exemplary life, was buried but he rose again and he ascended to the father and he sits today as the intercessor for man unto our God and that's the preaching of this great apostle Paul much of the doctrine much of the things we believe today came from the penmanship of the apostle Paul Jesus had very little to say about the church except I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it but God used a preaching educated man named Paul to bring about a church God's agency here upon this earth but Paul said I want you to know something that it's not because I'm smart and it's not because I'm educated it's not because I have connections it's not because I am 
elevated among Jewish scholars. He said, listen to it. My preaching, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto we which are saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Wow. So if Paul said, my preaching is not with words, but it's in demonstration of the power of God. Could I tell you that preaching is great, but preaching with power will move the mountains of doubt and fear and despair. Preaching is great. Preaching and quoting, studying, making yourself approved unto God is great. But when the power accompanies the preaching, when the miracles come with the preaching, when preaching... Preaching is complemented with a move of the power of God's hand. You see, when Moses took the stick in his hand, God said, what is that in your hand? He said, it is a stick. And God said, stretch it forth. Glory to God. There is strength in the stretch. Can everybody say stretch? Stretch. God is looking at this congregation today and asking many of you, what is that in your hand? What is it? What are you holding on to that you brought to church with you this morning? Are you willing to stretch it out to God and say, God, you can use whatever I've got in my hand, whatever I've got control of, whatever I own, whatever I possess, I just put it in your hand, God. I stretch it forth to you. There's deliverance in the stretch. There's healing in the stretch. There's mercy in the stretch. There's washing in the blood in the stretch. There's miracle working power when you stretch forth your hand and loose it and give it to God and say, God bless it and God use it for your glory and for your honor. Somebody praise the Lord in this place. It's important how you start. It really matters how you start. Because if you don't start right, most of the time you won't end right. It's important that you start your journey, your spiritual journey right. It's important that you get on the right road. It's important in your marriage. It's important in your business to put first things first and make right steps first. Right from the beginning, form habits that cultivate a dependence upon God, that recognize God as your source. Right off the bat, realize the Lord is the Lord of my house. I don't know what others may do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In my marriage, we're going to honor the Lord. In my business, we're going to honor the Lord. Whatever I put my hand to, I will do it in the name of the Lord. Whatever energy I will exert, I'll exert it in the name of the Lord. In fact, the Bible said, do all in the name of Jesus. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Amen. Do it with all your might and do it with the right attitude, with the right perspective, realizing that God is at the heart. Some of the greatest sermons I've ever heard preached was when people put first things first. One of the state overseers that I used to work for when I was a state youth director, when I had black hair and was handsome and his wife contracted Alzheimer's and it stole so much from her. 
She finally didn't know her family, couldn't remember her life, couldn't remember anything that had happened. But every day, H.B. Thompson would go to that nursing home and he would brush her hair. She loved to go to McDonald's and drink McDonald's coffee. And every morning he would be there when visiting hours came and he would brush her hair, get her dressed, and he'd take her to McDonald's and they would eat their breakfast together every morning. He went through that ritual until she, she died. Someone asked him, said, why do you do that? She don't even know who you are. He said, she may not know who I am, but I know who I am. You see, there are a lot of ways you can preach sermons without, you don't have to utter a word. I said, there are a lot of ways that you can preach a sermon. When you stop to help someone in need, you can preach a sermon. When you stop to take time with someone that nobody else will listen to, that preaches a great sermon. When you're willing to go the extra mile and do the extra effort when nobody else will, that preaches a sermon. When you show up on time at the place you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing, that preaches a sermon. You see, there are ways to preach sermons other than just get up here in this pulpit and take a a passage and preach from it. For in a sense, every one of us in this house, we preach a sermon. In fact, the Bible said we're living epistles that are read daily of all men. Someone said, your life is the only Bible that some people ever read. So then the deeds that you do during a day must be based upon a faith in the Lord Jesus so that people who watch your life will get the right perspective that they'll get the right message because good or bad, like it or not, we're all preaching something. We're all preaching something. Moses, who by his own admission said, I just can't do this. I can't make it by myself. The apostle Paul said, I depend upon the power of the preached word of God. He said, Now, this is a guy that when he was preaching, you believe some power ever accompanied his preaching? He was preaching one time, and the Bible said he waxed eloquent in so many words. He preached so long that there was a man sitting in the window that went to sleep, fell out the window, It killed him, laying there on the ground. And Paul, who was preaching, I said, Paul, who was preaching, came out of the pulpit, down the stairs, out in the yard, where the man was laying. Anybody remember his name? Come on, you Bible readers. Eutychus. Wow. And Paul walked over to Eutychus and said, In the name of Jesus, you get up off of that ground and get back in that church so I can finish my sermon. What happened, preacher? Immediately he got up went back in the church and you read it for yourself in the book of Acts and the Bible said and Paul went back inside and finished his sermon. Wow. Well I read one time when he was he was on a boat and they got shipwrecked on an isle called Malta and the Bible said that there were natives that were inhabiting that island and They were very well acquainted with all the creatures on the island and they were building a fire. And the Bible said that Paul, who preached Jesus, went over to put some wood on the fire. You mean preachers put wood on the fire? There's you a great sermon. While he was putting wood on the fire, a viper, the Bible said, bit him 
and attached itself to him. How many folks you reckon are walking around with vipers hanging on them? Sometimes when you think you're stoking the fire, a viper will fasten itself to you. But the Bible said that Paul just walked over to the fire and shook it off. And it fell into the fire. God's Holy Ghost fire will burn up the serpent every time. The Bible said, for our God is a consuming fire. The Bible said the Lord anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Bible said, John said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but the one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. How long has it been since there was some fire in your Holy Ghost baptism? How long has it been since you felt the consuming fire of God in your worship in a Pentecostal church? How long has it been since the fire consumed you? How long has it been since demons took to the road when the fire of God burned? How long has it been since you prayed till the fire got hot? Oh, blessed be God. This Paul who said great miracles, great power, with great power. He gave reference to all the things of God. While he preached, he preached with great anointing, but there were things that were attached to his ministry. There was power. I said there was power. Marie Motes is sitting right there behind James. Wednesday night was a week ago. We had a move of the Holy Ghost in the Wednesday night service. She came up and she said, Pastor, I want to pray. I want you to pray that my son would find his way back to God. He needs to find his way back to God. We prayed in the name of Jesus while the fire was burning hot. I said, while the fire was burning hot. Last Wednesday night she walked in and she told me, she said, did you know the next Sunday he went to church? See, when you pray in faith believing, that scripture that I was teaching from said, if ye abide in me and my word abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. That word said, whatsoever you ask in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it. Hey, I feel like we all need to say that. You ready to say it with me? Whatsoever ye ask in my name, I will do it. Well, I feel like quoting it again. The devil hated that. Whatsoever things, whatsoever things ye pray in my name, ask in my name, I will do it. Anybody believe that verse? Is that verse in your Bible? Does that verse live in your life? Does that verse mean anything to you? That if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Say it one more time. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. These aisles ought to be full of shouting people. There ought to be somebody with a hand lifted up saying, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. There ought to be somebody say, I believe what the word of God says. It is, I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. Praise God. Whatsoever things you ask in my name, I will do it. Glory to God. He didn't say I'll send an angel to do it. He said I'll do it. He didn't say, I'll send a substitute, I'll send an envoy, I'll send an ambassador. He said, I'll do it. Yeah. 
I personally, if you ask anything in my name, I personally will do it. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seest him not, neither knowest him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you, but he shall be in you. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul was complimented in his ministry by so, such great power. There was a little woman. God, don't ever let us lose that power. Don't ever let us have a form of godliness denying the power. Don't ever let us become Laodicean and lukewarm and lacking in power and lacking in fire and lacking in fervency, lacking in intensity. Don't ever, O oh Lord, let us think that we can operate within our own wisdom and our own intelligence and our own ingenuity. Without you, O oh God, we are nothing. Without you, we cannot function. Without you, we cannot live. Without you, we cannot be a church. God, we need you. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need your fire. We need your blessing. We need your hand stretched in our direction. Oh, God, don't ever let us become a church lacking in power. Praise God. Somebody give your hand, hand to the Lord. Lift your hand. Praise God. A little woman made her way in Mark's gospel into the house where Jesus was. The Bible said the town was Bethany. And this little woman whom Luke said was a sinner. Was a sinner. Somehow she got news that Jesus has gone to eat a meal with Simon the Pharisee. And the Bible said that when she heard that news, nothing else would suffice. But she said, I've got to make my way into that house. If Jesus is in the house... That's where I want to be. If Jesus is in that house, I hear that he works miracles. I hear that Jesus unstops deaf ears. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Unstop somebody's deaf ear this morning in Jesus' name. I hear that Jesus opens blind eyes. I hear that Jesus calls palsied limbs to have strength and walk again. I understand that Jesus even stops funeral processions and raises the dead. I understand that Jesus walks in homes and raises mother-in-laws who have died. I understand that Jesus cleanses lepers. I understand that Jesus can do miraculous things. I understand that Jesus can make things that are wrong become right. I want to be wherever he is. I hear he's at Simon's house. I've got to get there. You see, when, when you become the preacher and your life preaches a sermon and your experience and your testimony and your influence is felt outside these walls and people ask you concerning the faith that is in you and you give them an answer that I am what I am by the grace of God, that I owe it all to Jesus I was lost and on my road to a devil's hell and I met Jesus and Jesus transformed my life and turned things around and made me into what I am today. You see, your influence and your testimony will serve as a motivation for people whose lives are mesmerized by sin to say, if I can just get to where Jesus is. I hear from Claudette that he can, he can change things. I hear from Kim that Jesus can make the guilt go away. I, I, I hear from Faith that, that Jesus can take all the condemnation away. I, I hear from Brenda that Jesus can give joy instead of my sorrow. I heard from Anne that Jesus could, was a comforter that would stand by you, that would never leave you and never forsake you. I heard from Maurice that, that Jesus would go all the way with you, that he, he cared about you and he would answer your prayers. And I, I heard from Trish that he ever lives to make intercession for us. And I heard from Faith that he's in the presence of God and he's 
There is our propitiation. He's payment in full for all my sin. And one by one, people learn what you know about Jesus. And when they're desperate, when they're hungry, and when they're thirsty, when they need something from God, they'll say, I believe I'll go where these people have told me. I can find it. If I can find Jesus, if I can get to a house where Jesus is, I know I can be healed. I can be saved. I can be blessed. I can be encouraged. I can be lifted if I can just get to where Jesus is. This woman, the Bible said, was a a sinner. The correct word is she was a harlot. She was a prostitute. Had no business in the house of Simon because Simon was a Pharisee, a chief of the Pharisees. She doesn't belong there. In fact, when she came into the room and stood over behind Jesus, the Bible said she was weeping. You see, when you get in the presence of Jesus, you understand your littleness. And you understand your insufficiency. You realize how, how weak you are and how strong He is. You realize how much debt you owe and how much He paid for you. When you get into his presence and people begin singing songs lifting Jesus up and the message comes forth that lifts up Jesus as the answer. He's right for whatever is wrong. He is the solution to your problem. He is the end of your searching. He is the end of your inquiry. It ends with the discovery of Jesus. Once you meet Jesus, life will never be the same. Once you ever come into his presence and realize the glory and feel the blessedness of his presence, nothing will ever take the place of that feeling and that sufficiency in Jesus. And the Bible said she went around to his feet and she began washing his feet with the tears from her eyes. And she dried them with the hairs of her head. And she took out what the Bible called a box, an alabaster box that had a precious ointment in it called spikenard. And when she poured that upon the head of the Lord Jesus, that was her whole life's savings. What she was doing was saying, my whole life I give to the glory and the worship and the honor of the Lord Jesus. Now listen, when you start worshiping without reservation, when you start praising without any kind of hindrance, when you start an initiative of living for the praise and the glory of the Lord, that nothing is going to stop you from worshiping the Lord, then I promise you the critics will come out of the woodwork. First critic was, she doesn't belong here. Don't you know, Jesus, who this woman is? Don't you know what she does? Don't you know how low she is? But Jesus did not say, leave me alone, get out of here. He accepted her worship. In fact, in John 6, 37, he said, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Another critic was in the church. And he observed that that money had been spent wrongfully. That money should have been spent for the poor. That money should have been, that spikenard should have been sold for money. And take that money. And go give it to the poor. And Jesus said, you're wrong about that. Said, this woman has anointed my body. The ointment that she's put upon me is in remembrance of who I am and what I'm, I'm here to do. And that's to give my life. And then he made a statement. He said, this woman hath done all that she could do. 
This woman has worshipped with all she had to worship with. She's praised with all the praise that she has to praise with. And he said, because she has done this deed, as long as the word of God is preached, as long as the word of God is declared, Throughout the world for all of time and all of eternity, they'll preach about this little woman. My blessed Lord. Her name, her activity will go in the sacred writ. And every time it's read, they'll read about this woman and her worship and her praise. Because you see, her worship had a smell to it. Has your worship got a smell to it? Come on, somebody. Come on, Connor, and help me quit. There was three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Taken away in the captivity over into Babylon. There was a wicked pagan king. He worshipped a lot of gods. But he didn't know the one true God. He had to be taught a terrible lesson. And that's another message for another time. But the Bible said, when a man thinketh himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were three Hebrew boys that were in captivity. And the Bible said there went a decree out from Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, when you hear the sound of the dulcimer and the trumpet and the cymbals, then you bow down and you worship me. And whoever doesn't bow down and worship me, you're going into a fiery furnace. Well, it's decision time for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. I don't think it required much debate or discussion because they arrived at a conclusion pretty quickly. Like Daniel prayed and wouldn't stop praying because a decree had been ushered. You see, there may be coming a time in this country, God forbid, we're already forbidden to pray in certain places. That's a step in the direction to forbid us to pray at all. But I want to tell you, God's got some people that will not bow. God's got some people that will not bend. God's got some people that will not break. God's got people that will not succumb to any power that lifts itself above God's power. As long as there are people on this earth that names the name of God, there will be praying people on this earth. You can make laws, you can write all kind of degrees, but there will be a remnant. They may not be the majority, but there will be a remnant. I said there will be a remnant of people that will not bend and they'll not bow. The boys were arrested. They were brought over to the the castle. These three men, verse 23 says, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fire furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three bound into the midst of the fire. They answered and said unto the king, True, O king, he answered and said, Lo, I see four. Lo, I see four. They're not bound anymore. They're loose. They're loose. You may have bound them, but they're loose. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth man is like unto the Son of God. How many of you know that Jesus will go with you through the fire? How many of you know that Jesus will go through you through the flood? That Jesus will go through prison? He'll go through whatever you go through. He said, I'll go through it with you. I'll not leave. I'll not abandon I'll not forsake. I won't leave you alone. I'll go with you. No matter where you go, I'll go with you. Praise God. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth, come hither. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men. You know what needs to happen in America? We need some men that are willing to be seen that will endure the trial, endure the persecution, not worry about what they're going to say because Jesus said the Holy Ghost will tell you what to say that aren't afraid of arrest, that aren't afraid of persecution, that aren't afraid of government, that aren't afraid of anything but God. Dwight Moody said, if you'll give me eight men that love God with all their heart and fear nothing but God and will preach the word of God, I'll turn this world upside down. The princes, governors, they saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Can somebody say no power? No power. The fire heated seven times normal had no power over these men. It killed the men that threw them in, but it had no power over them. Jesus said, when you go through the fire, it will not consume you. When you go through the flood, it will not overflow you. Don't worry. Your heavenly Father takes care of you like He takes care of sparrows. Like He takes care of the lilies of the field. He'll take care of you. Listen to this. The fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. You see, sometimes when you go through something, when you come out of it, if you aren't careful, you'll smell like what you just come through. Sometimes that foul odor and that stench of that mess you were in, all that garbage that you went through, if you're not careful, when you come out of the furnace, you'll smell like fire. Sometimes when I come in, Debbie will say, you smell like outside. I said, well, what does outside smell like? She said, it smells like outside. You're inside. You stink in here. Sometimes you smell like what you've been through. Come on, somebody. Sometimes that stink and that foul odor of what you just walked through. You come in the house and somebody says, you stink. Come on, somebody. Don't act like nobody's ever told you you stink. I guarantee you everybody in this house has walked through something and stepped in something at some time in your life. If somebody told you you stink, you better check you've stepped in something. You, you've got in something somebody else threw it away got into something somebody else didn't need anymore and got rid of it and you stepped in it. Come on somebody don't you act like you're so sanctimonious. If you're not careful the devil will design a scheme that he intends for you to carry the rest of your life. But I want to tell you When that consuming fire, which is our God, brings you out, there will not be the smell of fire on you if God brings it out. Praise God when you come through something that stinks and it's nasty and it's garbage. Hallelujah. When God brings you out, He not only delivers you from it, your hair won't be singed and your clothes won't smell like smoke. God will deliver you from the smell of what you just came through. Well, somebody praise the Lord. My blessing God. Here's the result. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, every nation, every language 
which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. says there's no God that can do that but the God of the Christians. There's nobody. There's not a God that can do what their God can do. Oh, it'll be a great day in America when we realize that no power can do what our God can do. Stand with me all over this place. Oh, blessed God. Oh, blessed God. Anybody feel what I feel in this house this morning? Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? God specializes. I said God specializes in things that are thought impossible. He'll do what no other power can do. He'll do it again. I said he'll do it again. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he'll do it again. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try your faith, which is more precious than gold. More precious than gold. Though it be tried as by fire. As by fire. Those fiery darts. Come on, somebody that the devil hurls against you. They're intended to be napalm. You know what napalm bombs are? They call them incendiary bombs. You know what an incendiary bomb does? It's got a fuel in it. And it makes the fire worse. Come on, somebody. You've seen those bombs they dropped on television in those cities and suddenly fire just burned the whole place down? When the terror that flies by night drops his incendiary bomb on you, God said, it won't consume you. That dark was intended to burn you up. It was intended to burn your house down. It was intended to burn up everything you got, your family, your home. It was intended to destroy you. It was a bomb that had intentions of of catching everything on fire, burning it all up. Steve, that old enemy tried to do that to you, buddy. But he testified to me this last week and told me, he said, whatever the devil intended, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. He said, what I thought was the end. What I thought was disaster. What I thought was catastrophic. It was just a season of change. And he said to me, he said, Brother Jerry, I'm better now than I've ever been. Isn't it something? If you just don't cave in, things that you think is the end, things you think is disaster, things you think are catastrophic, things you think, I just can't go through this. I can't make it. I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. I've I've lost. I'm not going to make it. No. You're going to make it. I said, you're going to make it. I said, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Turn to that person beside you, look them in the eye and say, you're going to make it. Why? Why are you saying that, preacher? Because the Bible tells us in Galatians that God will not take his hand off of you until he has completed the work which was begun in you. What God starts, God finishes. What God does, no person, no device, no fire can destroy what God does. So I'm telling you to take authority today. I said take authority today. Resist, 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 and he'll flee. Don't give place. Don't give place. Don't give place. 
His spirit will quench. Can somebody say quench? Quench the fiery darts. Quench the violence of fire. Quench every effort that your enemy initiates to destroy you. God just simply says, no evil shall come nigh thy dwelling. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon that the enemy shall fashion against you will prosper. It won't work. It won't succeed. It won't achieve its purpose. It may have been intended to destroy you, but God will take all that evil. He'll take all of that negative. He'll take all of that pessimism. He'll take all of that sarcasm and he'll turn it around and he'll make it become something good because all things work together for good to people that love the Lord who are the called according to his purpose. So whatever's going on, it's just for a season. You hang on. You lift your head. You get a good grip because faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I said he'll do it. I said he'll do it. Take the hand of that person beside you. In Jesus' name. Let me hear you say it all the time. In Jesus' name. I am healed. I am delivered. I am blessed. I am encouraged. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. In all things, I'm more than a victor. Jesus ordained it. I embrace it. I am what Jesus said I could be. My house is built upon the rock and no flood shall wash me away from his presence. My mind is fixed on thee and I shall not waver. I will finish the race with integrity, with honor, with blessing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And no weapon that the enemy shall fashion against me will prosper. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pray. Could somebody praise him now? Just lift those hands up and praise him. I'm going to go a little bit fast now. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Wendy, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Pinchy, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Jody, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Karen, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Jerry, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Hey! God will do it. God will do it. Thank you, God, for letting us be in your house today. Thank you for the great glory, power, anointing that is in this place. God, I just pray in Jesus' name that for the people that made a proclamation today, that victory is ours, that victory for their house, for their marriage, their home, their family, their kids, 
I just embrace that this morning, God, and I feel it's your will. And I thank you for giving us this message to preach. And I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God that is burned in our hearts while we preached it. Move upon us now and go with us, O oh God, to our homes and our families and our jobs tomorrow. And let us do exactly what your word said. Let our activity and our life preach a message so that others will know that Jesus is right for whatever is wrong. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that prayer. Amen and amen. God bless you and God go with you is my prayer. You have a great, blessed Lord's Day today. In Jesus' name. As you go today, if you know someone who needs to hear this message this week, if you'll tell them to go to hcog.tv. That is our website. Every message that's preached on Sunday morning is posted there. You can listen to it again during the week. hcog.tv. Lives will be changed. Thank you.